Welcome to The Sweat Room, a podcast of Watermark Wesleyan Church. Get it, got it, give it. Here in The Sweat Room, we dive into today's questions about sports and faith. You, you have church and then you have life. So Sunday is very different than the rest of the week. And are there a lot of Christians there? Yeah, so we're, where we are, it's about 50-50. So 50% Muslim, 50% Christian. Okay. Uh, as you get closer to the coast, it becomes more Muslim. As you get closer inland, it becomes more Christian. And now, here's your hosts, Noah and Bjorn. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the 23rd episode of The Sweat Room. My name is Noah Corson. Alongside my co-host, Bjorn Webb, we are so honored to have you for our fifth week of our Local to Global series. And we have featured some pretty amazing ministries and some amazing people. We started off this series, since we're from Buffalo, New York, this local to global series with Russ Kingsbury of Youth Advantage. They are doing some incredible things just within the inner city of Buffalo to the suburbs using basketball and other sports. Then we featured Mark Jentz of Western New York Christian Basketball League. He's not only a president of Golf Car Express, but during his free time, he is helping equip, encourage, and help this Western New York Christian Basketball League that is just doing so much wonders for these kids and for these coaches. Then we went from the local to the global. We featured Bill Gallopel of Southern Cal Seahorses, and their ministry is doing amazing things around the world. And one of the places that he talked about was the Czech Republic. Then we went from there from to Dr. Jeff Crone, who is a missionary with SIM, and he is just so, so smart. Amazing wisdom, amazing leader. Go check that out. And then next week, we are capping off this Local to Global series with Rich Griffith, who used to play for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and now he is encouraging and equipping pastors in Germany. Such a fascinating conversation. And today, we have the honor and the privilege to have Nathan Rotier of New Vision Sports Club. And before we dive in, make sure to subscribe, rate and review the podcast, and share with a friend. I highly recommend if you got pen and paper, write things down. If you're driving, focus on that road. And make sure to follow us on social and Instagram and Facebook at Watermark Sports. And now, big announcement, we got a Twitter. We are on the Twitter game at Sweat Room Pod. So check it out. And now, here is our conversation with Nathan Rotier. Well, welcome to the Sweat Room, everyone. Today, we want to welcome Nathan Rotier. Nathan was born in Vancouver, Canada. He grew up playing ice hockey and soccer. He was also a missionary kid growing up. He's traveled all around the world playing soccer in many different locations. When he was a senior in high school, played hockey at a private school in Canada. And after high school, he went to Montana State University to study architecture. Shortly after that, he quit school uh, because he fell in love with coaching. After five years of coaching in Montana, he met his wife. They moved to Norway. A year later, relocated to Tanzania in 2016 to run a soccer ministry called New Vision. And now they have two dogs, and Nathan is a diehard Chelsea fan. So welcome to the sweat room, Nathan. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. We're so, we're so glad that you joined us today, Nathan, and you have been all over the world. So we're going to talk a little about, I'm sure, a lot of different places, but let's start out in Tanzania. Is there a difference between the so- soccer culture in Tanzania and the United States? Yeah, there's a huge difference. Um, just the, from like the style of play in Tanzania, it's like 
rough and tumble and like let's kill the person next to us instead of instead of playing nice soccer so it it it's very competitive very uh, heated um i've been involved in breaking up like three full-on brawls mm. like, oh my word fans come onto the field and it's just it, that's a game <laughs> like how many fans was it like a few of them or is it just like uh, like clear like the stands? Like a hundred people watching, and the two teams start fighting, and then oh hundred people jump out, and there's like flying kicks coming at people's heads, and yeah, <laughs> it, and you don't really see that in the states. In Soccer the states. to UFC. Yeah, exactly. Um, but also, there's I think there's there's a love, there's a deeper mm. love for it because mm. they also see it as a way to get out. Um, which is funny because you have thirty year olds still trying to make it pro. Mm. Um, I think you kind of in the States, right? You, when you're 15 and you're not at the top level already, you're like, okay, I'm done. I'll just keep playing for fun. Sure. Mm. Um, but there, they're like 30 and they're like, no, I'm going to still make it to Barcelona. It's like, ah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, so there is kind of, those are the big two differences I would say. Um, but there's a love for it and, it's amazing because it's hard to get balls there. It's hard to get cones, but you can bring out one ball and 20 boys are just smiles mm. from cheek to like ear to ear, just happy to get to mm. play with one ball that is punctured. I love just that. Excited. So that, that is awesome working yeah. there in that way. That's so cool. So we'll have to add to your, uh, your long list and your bio and all the things you've done that you are officially a bouncer as well on the soccer field, breaking up fights. Um, (laughs) But no, I I love that just about their love for the game and their passion. Um, I think we see that in the States and other sports, you know, we see, especially here in Buffalo, we see a real passion and love for American football and for basketball. People love playing basketball and soccer, there's some of it, but it's definitely different. It's definitely, it's not, it's not just a part of, you know, culture of who they are. You throw a ball out and kids, they're like, ah, eh, we have to train today. We have to practice. Like, yeah. this is a chore. My parents made me come here instead of like, this is fun. I get to escape all these other things going on in my life and just play and have fun. So I love that. That's so cool that you've been able to experience that. So Nathan, for you, we, you know, we know that you're in Tanzania now. We've talked a little about soccer culture there. How did you end up in Tanzania? That's a pretty big, drastic change from growing up. You know, you were born in Canada. So how'd you end up in Tanzania? Yeah, so um, when I was living in Montana going to school, I, I felt like God was calling me to work with soccer in Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom was actually pregnant with me in Kenya. And so oh, I always wow. had this, like, dream of moving back, like, I was almost born in Africa. I should live in Africa for a little bit. So I always wanted to do that. And my wife, she she had done a semester in South Africa um, at university and didn't want to come back to the States, wanted to move to Africa. And so we met and we're like, oh, we want to do the same thing. This is awesome. So <laughs> that's like kind of brought us together. And so when we were getting getting ready to get married, Um, we heard about New Vision Soccer on a radio advertisement in Washington. Wow. Love it. Radio's not dead. Here we go. It's not where your wife's from? 
like, yeah, it's like, I was taking my grandma to the doctor and heard the radio advertisement. And so I looked it up and the guy that ran it at that point lived 10 minutes away from my grandma. And so we met and he like asked us to come to Tanzania to run this academy. And we're like, sweet. Yeah. That's why we got married was (laughs) (laughs) to go to Africa and work with a soccer program. Um, in a missional way, not not just any soccer program, but we wanted to be intentional in uh, ministry mm. with soccer. Um, and so that's how we heard about Tanzania, and that's how I didn't even know Tanzania existed. I mean, I got confused with Tanzania and Tasmania, which is <laughs> south of Australia. Yeah. Um, but then we looked it up, and we're like, wow, this is East Africa. I was almost born right close to there, so yeah, let's uh-huh. go. Um, so that's how we got to Tanzania. Uh, totally God. There's no other reason for it. I mean, it wasn't a want. It wasn't, we didn't, we wanted originally to go to South Africa cause it's nicer, <laughs> but sure. yeah, we ended up in Tanzania. So yeah. Wow. Super cool. That's amazing. So for you was, was this transition that you're in now challenging for you and your wife and how so? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Tanzania is a developing country. Um, So like, there's not many paved roads. Uh, All the roads are bumpy, which sounds fun. But at the same time, it it gets annoying when you're Mm. always having to go like 10 miles an hour because you can't go faster. Mm. and it's it's there's extreme poverty especially in the area where we live um we kind of live on the suburb of the outskirts of arusha um which is a city of 600,000 people mm. uh but you wouldn't you couldn't tell that because it's so small because mm. uh, mm. everyone like a lot of our boys live like 10 people in a one bedroom house wow um and so they're they're sleeping in the same room on the same bed as their parents, and their parents have ten kids. So you, you know that environment is not the great for for five year olds being raised in that. And so I think that was tough, just the complete difference in culture. Um, but at the same time, we love the ministry, um, the ministry part, the soccer every day practice was like it was like we, you could be having the worst day um but then you go to soccer practice and it's like oh this is why we're here it's like um i often hear missionaries they talk about there's these moments in life where you know oh this is what god made me for and we often have that mm. like, at practice you'll be like oh this is what god made me for i love it here even though the day could have been horrible like you'll go to town to do errands and you'll have five things on your list and you'll be happy if you get two done just because of you have to go from store to store to find a pot. And it's like, this is insane. You should just be able to walk into a store and buy a a pot to cook food, but it it just doesn't. So yeah, I think that's the challenging part, the day-to-day living. Um, But the ministry part is like the saving grace. It's, it's, it's great. It's fun. It's, (laughs) Yeah. I'm for, so yeah. yeah. No, that's that's so cool. And so I guess this is just a little question for me is like was it was it hard or easy for you and your wife to get plugged in with community there in Tanzania? Um so 
we're part of we're part of YWAM, um, Youth with a Mission. Okay. Uh, so we live on a we live on a YWAM base. Um, so there's other internationals, not many though. Um, and so we, Arusha is a a unique town in that it's like the head of tourism. Um, so there's lots of safaris that go out of Arusha. Um, so that brings a lot of internationals that um, are running those companies. Mm. And then there's the UN headquarters for East Africa is there. Um, so you also have a lot of people that work in the UN there. Um, and so because of that, there's a huge international community. Um, so we actually got, we actually go to an international church. Um, so our community is like all these internationals doing ministry there, which wow. is really cool. Um, and then we have like our work. So it's, it's interesting because it's a separation, but you almost need that, I think, for longevity in missions. Mm. Um, you, need, you need to be able to go to people that come from the same culture as you, the same um, background as you, and you're like, aren't these people crazy? Even though we love them, <laughs> like the way of thinking on money, it's like, what are you thinking? But it's nice to have that with people there that you can relate with. Um, yeah, I'm just so impressed with the missionaries that don't have that. <laughs> mm-hmm. That are way out in the sticks by themselves. Just, yeah. Wow, how do you do that? But yeah, so getting connected in the community um, is easy, but at the same time, we've been there four years now, and the people we made friends with there at the beginning, they have left. It's a very transient community. Like people mm. come in, they leave. They, like not many people are there long term it's more like two-year commitments or Hmm. one-year commitment so that's pretty tough but when we have friends all over the world so that's kind of cool too so yeah that is cool for sure so what is the like what's the spiritual climate like in tanzania yeah so it's very i would say it's very separated like um you you have church and then you have life Hmm. so sunday is very different than the rest of the week and are there a lot of Christians there? Yeah, so where, where we are, it's about 50-50. So 50% Muslim, 50% Christian. Okay. Wow. As you get closer to the coast, it becomes more Muslim. As you get closer inland, it becomes more Christian. Wow. Um, so it, that's interesting because they intermingle very well. Um, so all the Muslims, like we have our ministry, we have about 50% of the boys come from Muslim families, um, and 50% come from Christian families and they all get together. Our Christian players, they go to, they go to the Muslim kids house for Ramadan to celebrate it because they get food. That's probably the only reason they go, but at least free food that calls me too. So (laughs) at least they're invited. So that it's pretty open. Mm. Um, the Muslim families, they want their kids to experience as much as possible Mm. till the age of 18 before they really make a commitment. Um, which is because they're so confident in their, their religion that they're going to, that the kid will choose Islam. Um, so they're like, yeah, go to Bible study, go to, so we have all these like 14 year old Muslim kids leading the Bible study answers. Like they know the Bible better than the Christian kids. Wow. Um, so so how does that affect you guys and how you guys do outreach? 
to these kids if it's split down the middle 50 50 yeah so we we're very intentional um speaking about the difference like because they'll say well it's the same god like that's how they're raised even mm-hmm. the christian kids there it's like well allah is one version of the christian god it's like no well the big difference is is we have jesus and so we we mm-hmm. we talk about jesus a lot and how he he came and he died and like the gospel so we 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 shared that aspect a lot more than focusing on like the big g because mm-hmm they'll just say, well, that's Allah. So it's, it's more of a focus on Jesus. Um, mm. That's how we differentiate it. Um, we try to, we really, I think it was Spurgeon who said like, share the gospel. And if you need to use words, mm. so our actions were focused on our actions a lot more um, like showing love. Cause that's not very, that's not taught much in Islam. Love is not, just being a good person. Mm. Um, and so we, we, we take that love aspect going beyond showing, showing them that we care beyond what's expected. Wow. Um, so that, that's how I think we, which is also powerful for the kids in our program that are Christian. Cause they don't get necessarily the picture of love all the time. Mm. Um, a lot of our, a lot of the boys, they don't have, they don't know who their dad is. Um, wow. Culturally they're, men don't have to be responsible um, at all for their actions. Um, and so they, they're not in the picture. Um, and so that, yeah, that's why we're focused on boys. Uh, wow. Trying to change that, that. So for, I, I would love just our listeners just for what is the heart of what is new vision soccer Academy and just what is, what is your guys's heart in that aspect? Yeah, so we are um, we're a sports focused ministry um, that currently only does soccer right now. Um, but the goal someday is to be in all different sports um, with a focus on boys to young men, uh, and we we believe that they deserve every opportunity, every um, tool given to them to reach their God given potential. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that, that is our focus. We, we believe that we can, that through sports, we can teach character. We can teach, um, how to be just a good human being who loves Christ, who loves God. And then that will in turn change the community that will change the culture of the community. Um, there's so many ministries, especially in Africa focused mm-hmm. on girls, which is great. Not addition on them but like we believe that it's a family unit right um that the father like god god gave the father to lead his family to protect his family and when you take the guy out of that there need there is a huge need for women's ministries and girls ministries because the girls don't have a father providing for them Mm -hmm. um so we're we're focused kind of on the long term raising up young men to be good men um to be good fathers to be good to be leaders in their community, to provide for their families, um, and the and seeing the responsibility for that, and hopefully breaking some of those generational patterns of neglect, abuse, um, not providing for. Yeah, so that's that's what our ministry is focused on, mm-hmm. uh, and we just use sports as like a it's like a bait, it's like a tool, and then we use it as a tool. 
Yeah. Me. That's so cool. So what, like, could you break down like some of the practical things you do? Like what ages do you have? Um, and how does, how does ministry happen through soccer? Yeah. So, okay. A typical week. So we, we take about four weeks off a year. So we go, we go wow. 11 months. Um, and so a typical week is on Monday nights, we have Bible study um, for everyone under the age of 18. Um, they, they get food at it. So it's very, it's like a, they, there you go. they all, they all want to come. Um, so there's <laughs> probably about 75 boys consistently there on Monday, um, for Bible study and food. Wow. Um, then on, and then on that same Monday, I work with the older guys. Um, so 18 and older, I work with them. Um, they, they're not tempted by food. They'd rather play. They're tempted more by soccer. That's their, that's their <laughs> love. Um, and so I use that as an opportunity to have them on the entire field because we only have one field. Mm. So then Tuesday to Friday, we have we split them up into five teams, um, ages six to about twenty six, and we have around a hundred to one hundred and twenty boys show up. Tuesday to Friday for two hours every day wow. for, for um, practice for practice. So cool. Um, and then we tried to on Saturdays in the mornings, get our younger teams a game at least once every three weeks. It's hard to find other teams that don't cheat. Um, <laughs> so we'll have like 12 year olds playing against 12 year olds who are actually 15. Um, <laughs> but that's just, we're, we're trying to teach our boys to walk in integrity. So it's actually a good lesson. Mm. Um, That's hard though. When they're playing against kids that say they're 12, but they're actually 15 and they're getting, I'm guessing they probably lose to the teams that are full of older boys. They're beating them. Oh, um, there you go. That's awesome. Boom. The other teams, the other teams try to just use their physicality and we're actually teaching them how to like pass a ball, how to receive wow. a ball. How wow, to, what a radical concept. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. How to actually play soccer. <laughs> um, so yeah, we have, it's, it's fun. Um, and so that's, that's our week every week. And then our older team, they used to play in the, the professional, like the low levels of professionalism in Tanzania. Um, now we just sell them. <laughs> wow. We loan them out to other teams now. Um, yeah, we're, we're not, we want to focus more on the younger boys because you can see more long-term change in a community totally so So how have you seen the soccer academy affect your community there yeah so we've been there four years now and i think in the last year it's i mean it's amazing that because of corona especially we had to shut down so schools were shut down for about three months wow and um with that kids weren't getting food during the day hmm. and we were able to raise some money and we were able to hand out food that was enough food to feed a family for three weeks. Wow. wow. And because of that, every, like the community like has now embraced us completely. Like we've been wait, we've been trying to figure out how to get into the community more. Hmm. And this was like, so COVID was like a blessing in disguise for us. It, wow. it allowed us to really like show the community, we care more for you than just getting your boys good at soccer. 
Mm. Um, this is more than just a fun place. We care for your, your family, for your, um, and so we've seen that practical love. Yeah. Practical love. And so Mm. now we've seen where the parents send their kids to us. Wow. um, Which is huge because there's no expectations of men in Tanzania till you're around 30. Mm. You can do whatever you want till you're 30, like sleep around, don't work, just, but now we're seeing this older group wanting to work, wanting to provide at 20 years old. Mm. Um, We have this one kid, he asks us every day, is there a job I can have? Is there work that I can do? I don't even need to get paid. I just want to help because I know someday they will help me out. Um, And so like he walks our dogs for us. I mean, he walks our dogs seven days a week and we pay him five dollars and that's like a lot for him he's just so excited for it he like mm-hmm. so it i think that's where our, our ministry is having an impact is on the individual level of changing this mindset that you are responsible for your actions mm-hmm. if you want a better life you can get it you just need to work hard um wow yes yeah so that I think that would be the biggest impact we're having right now. Yeah, that's so and cool. Muslim kids like interested in Christianity, um, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, we're, that's where it starts. Yeah, we're we're taking kids away from the other faiths, so that's <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> yeah. So Nathan, do you have any like do you have any personal stories of of kids that? you have seen have this impact i know you shared the one about the kid who's asking for work and he's walking your dogs and taking responsibility um any other like personal stories of of kids that you've seen a change in that maybe goes against their culture or anything yeah um so we i mean traditionally there men don't invest in the youth Hmm. um at all like you don't invest in younger people um, and so, but I was having a hard time cause I, I was, I didn't really have any coaches. And so I was like, I need to find coaches. Um, and so I, I was, I kind of bribed some of our guys and it was like, come help me on this coaching thing on Saturdays and we'll see what goes from there. And four of them came every day, every Saturday, like, that's the day they do their chores to catch up on their life. And they, they came instead of doing that um, to, to help me coach these 10 year olds. Wow. Mm. And it was amazing. So now we've, we've, um, we were able to find some funding and now we're able to pay them. And so they've wow. become wow. coaches. Um, so they coach the four days a week with us. Um, they're there every, every day. They, and it's amazing to see how much they actually care about the kids. Mm. Like they've like that culture I was talking about, like they all believe they're going to become professionals, even at 30 years old, these 20, uh, one's 20, one's 22, 23 and 25 year old. They're good players. Like they, the 20 year old, like he could play D one college soccer. Mm. He's, he's, he's good. He's a quality player, but he's now, he just told me the other day, he's like, I, I realize I can't play professionally and I want to help 10 year olds make it to the pros. 
Sorry about so my he's like, no problem. He's like, I want to help these 10-year-olds make it to the pros. So I didn't get this opportunity when I was 10 to get have good coaching. And so now I want to give it to them. So wow. it's this cool thing we're seeing of these older guys wanting to give back. Um, it's not just because they're getting paid. They, like, legitimately want to see the younger generation have a chance, have someone invest in them. Um, so that's a pretty cool thing that we're seeing. Yeah. Um, one of those guys. So what you'll notice with our program is when guys start showing initiative and like good character, they get rewarded. Um, they like, we, we like to encourage that. And so one of them is uh, he, one of the coaches we've also rewarded, we've loaned them, we bought him a motorcycle. Wow. Um, and he pays us back every week. That's um, a reward. Yeah. So he's a, he now runs a motorcycle taxi company. <laughs> like, That's so awesome. cool. So it's super popular there. Um, and then he pays us every week for the motorcycle to pay off his loan. Um, wow. But to even get that opportunity is huge. Um, and so like, but we started that about a year, two years ago with him. And he... He now has moved out of his family's house. He has enough money now where he was able to get married. Mm. Um, so now he has a wife and he's providing for her. Cool. And like, it's changed his whole family dynamic. Like now he's helping his family out. He's, he's able to provide for them instead of being um, someone that gets like someone who needs all the time. He's now giving. Right. Wow. Mm. Um, so that's pretty cool. And yeah, I would say wow, those that's are- so cool. Yeah, I know. I love, I love that story. That's so cool. So what is the, what's the future vision of this soccer Academy? Yeah. Um, we, we want to build like right now we're on like one field. Um, but we really envision like this big complex with dormitories and, um, and we want, we want to be like the premier Academy in East Africa. Like mm-hmm. we want to, we want to create high level players who are going into the professionals with a Christian like outreach background. Mm-hmm. Right. So we want, we want to see, we want to see these boys come into us because of their skill, getting poured into getting their character developed and like going to Europe and, being a witness right like how cool how cool would that be like because of their skill they're able to infiltrate the soccer world and be a witness for christ um so not only to the fans but to their fellow teammates um so that's our that's our big dream that's our like we want to impact the world of football from little tanzania um yeah. So with, yeah, that's our, that's our big dream. What has God been teaching you recently, Nathan, and how are you continuing to grow and pursue Christ? Whew. Yeah. Um, I would, I would say, uh, trusting him. Um, about a year ago I prayed, I was like, God, I want to learn how to trust you more. And then I, that's like the most dangerous prayer to pray because then he throws all this stuff at you. We're like, mm-hmm to build trust. Um, so I'm just, yeah, learning that, like that he really, the, like the verses that talk about like how he cares about the birds. Right. And they don't ever need food. Like he takes care of them. 
that learning how to live a life like that, um, where like we're, we're, we live in missions. We don't get paid. We, we rely on supporters. So relying that God will bring people around us to support mm-hmm. us so that we can, we can buy food. Mm-hmm. Um, just trusting him that our like visas are hard to get in Tanzania. So trusting him that like, okay, you want us here. Everyone else is getting kicked out, but you somehow provide us for our visa. So it's just like learning. I would say learning to trust him in all things. Um, I used to separate it, right? I would be like, okay, if I, if I work hard enough, if I, if I do this well enough, he, he has to give me money, right? He has to provide it. Now I'm learning. It has nothing to do with what I do. It's just, it's following, like learning his will, learning, learning what he has planned for us and then just trusting in his process. Mm. Um, yeah. So I would say that's the big one. Trust learning tr- God's tr- like, yeah. Learning how to trust him mm. uh, with my life, um, wow. which is tough. Yeah. It, that's, that's not an easy thing to do for sure. No, it would be just easier to come back to the U S and work and get paid like, no, you're coming in steady paycheck, but it's like, nope, that's not that. Yeah. So it'll just be, yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see my life in 10 years after mm. hopefully living in Africa for 10 years, like I'll hopefully be able to trust them in everything. Mm. Uh, so so you do see yours and your wife, Emily's like long-term, you guys believe you'll be able to live in Tanzania long-term? Yeah, we, we've always said from the beginning, at least 20 years. And every year we say, oh, 20 more years. So, yeah, we, we see it being a long, long time. Um, we love it there. It has its challenges, but everywhere has its challenges. So, um, no, we love Tanzania. I think the only thing that would bring me away is if, like, Chelsea came knocking at my door and said, Hey, we got a coaching job for you. Then I'd be like, Oh, okay. It'd be yeah. Christian politics, personal trainer. Yeah. I'd be like, I'll leave. I'll leave for that. <laughs> I want to ask you the Bob Goff question. Where do you see yourself in 10 years then? Tanzania, um, with this beautiful football academy with three fields, um, just, just, hopefully impacting the national team in Tanzania, Mm. um, helping coach them at some level. Um, and then just the community around us all being just raised up. Mm. Uh, I mean, we have, we have six year olds coming to practice in 10 years. They'll only be 16. Like they're getting training that no one else in Tanzania is getting training. Like the level that no one's training six year olds. And we're training them. Yeah. And I wouldn't say, I mean, I'm not the best coach. I am a coach though. Um, And so I'm able to give these guys stuff that they're, they've not even thought about. um, Sure. Which is amazing. Yeah. So hopefully we have some players playing internationally. That's Mm -hmm. kind of my 10 years. Yeah. Um, Well, and you think like, you know, you've got a six-year-old that's hearing the gospel now, hearing about these character traits that are contrary to what they're taught by their culture and what their, you know, their fathers that maybe they don't even know what they were taught. And so they're hearing that from age six to 16 and 
you know, 10 years is a long time. It's also a short amount of time, but it's a long, like you can make a, a world of a difference. And you've already seen a large culture changes that we've heard in a couple individuals over just what you've been here for four years doing this kind of thing. Yep. And so it's like, okay, we've seen this large change in a few in four years. Well, now some of those few are coaching others. So it's like the impact that you can have can be multiplied from here. Yeah. And that, like, that's what I'm excited to see. Like, I'm excited to, you know, stay in touch with you over the next 10 years and see where God has you. And, you know, that I'm, I'm excited for that, it, which kind of leads us into one of our last questions here is like, how can we pray for your ministry? And we see these lofty goals and aspirations and dreams and visions that you have for this ministry and the heart that you have for the people of this community. But how can we be praying for you? I would say that uh, like the biggest prayer I think for us is that we that we're able to stay focused on Jesus, right? That mm-hmm. um, it's so easy when growth happens to start taking credit for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would just I think our big my my personal biggest prayer need is that I'll be able to stay walk in humility, walk in that th- no, this is God. This is not anything oh, that man. I have done. Yeah, God created me to be a soccer coach. He created me to be a coach. He created me to have love for boys um, and seeing their development and seeing them fall in love with Jesus. But that he created me for that, for his glory, mm. not not for my personal glory. And so I, I would say for me, that's where I, and even my staff, um, I have three, no, two Tanzanian staff now. Um who are also YWAMers, so they're like missionaries, Tanzanian missionaries, which is pretty awesome to see locals yeah. being in missions. I don't know how they get support, but somehow they do. Um, and so just for them also to have that, like it's so easy when you're to like you're doing the work and you're you you see all these amazing breakthroughs and like just start taking the credit for yourself. And it's like, mm-hmm. nope, it's God. It's God. It's God. It's not us. Um, and wow. so I think that that would be our biggest prayer is that we continue to walk in humility as we grow, as we see these huge visions that like, like you were saying, like I have these big dreams and visions, but um, I, I will quickly say those aren't mine. Those are God's. Amen. Um, I'm just, I'm just the, the voice. I just get to hear from him and like, say it and so then like all these visions all these things like we want them to also point back to god um we have a saying in our program and it came out of this from um fellowship of christian athletes and we stole it okay um record now you stole it (laughs) we stole it um but it's it's playing for an audience of one like who are we competing for who who are we working hard for every day and it's it's for the glory of God. It's, it's worshiping him. If we give our best, if we, if we coach our best, if we train our best, that only brings more glory to God. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with our family. It has nothing. It's like, and when you start playing in that way and you start coaching that way, you can have the worst day. And, but you're like, okay, I'm going to coach. And all this, the reason I'm going to give my best coaching is for God and you know you did good, but no one learned anything, it doesn't matter. It's mm-hmm. like you gave your best and it was worship to God. So I think that, I think 
just praying for those things of us like reminding ourselves that remaining in that, that posture of humility, Mm. um, that would, as we grow, especially because it's easy to take credit for it. And yeah, that would be our biggest prayer. For sure. Yeah. We'll definitely be praying for you. And I, our listeners, I'd encourage you to, you know, write down Nathan's name and his wife, Emily, and their ministry and, and pray for them as well. When you, you know, when you're praying. And so another thing here, Nathan is for our listeners and for us, how can we get connected with you and your ministry? Um, how can we learn more, be able to follow what you're doing? And then also if any of our listeners want to, you know, give support in the forms of monetary, um, give money to your support and support you and your wife, how can we do that as well? Yeah. So we, we just launched our new website, kind of had a rebranding. Um, and Fun. so it's a new vision sports with an S like sports, like plural. Okay. Um, club club at, uh, dot com. So new vision sports club.com. Perfect. And we'll put that in the description. Um, so if you're listening into this episode, you can find, um, that website in the description of the episode as well. And then we're also on Facebook and Instagram under the same thing. I think it might be new vision SC like, sports okay. club. um, and yeah, so that's the best way to follow us. We, we try to put pictures on there all the time, mm-hmm. updates on boys, just, we give our game scores sometimes if there's a fun game. Uh, we play in this youth tournament, the largest one in East Africa, every Christmas. So we post on there how we did. Um, stories, yeah. That would be the best way to cool. follow us. Um, yeah, and then on the website, there is if to donate. to. Yeah, there's a way to donate to the ministry on the website. It's a very easy sign-up sheet. Um, yeah, so that, yeah, that it's, we've made it very streamlined, very easy. Um, um, yeah, so that's amazing. God's doing amazing things through your ministry, man. And I, we're, I know Bjorn and I are so excited for what is even ahead for you and your wife. I mean, there's amazing things to come. So man, as we finish up, do you have any final remarks and just words of encouragement for our listeners today? Yeah, I would say, first, we also love visitors. Um, so if anyone ever wants to come to Tanzania, we're like two hours away from the Serengeti. We're two hours away from Kilimanjaro. Wow. Like, make it a vacation, but then also come and see our ministry. Come and play soccer with these boys. They love it. They love seeing people. Because um, to them, it's like these white people flew all the way around the world to hang out with me. Like it's such an honor to them. Um, and so they just love it, but it's also an amazing vacation area. So you can like throw it all in one. Um, and then I, my encouragement to all the people that are listening is God has huge plans for every single one of our lives. And it might not, it might not look like what I'm doing in Africa. I know it's so easy to elevate missionaries in Tanzania, like to, elevate missionaries in Africa, but ministry and showing God's love can happen in your workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be a janitor and just by smiling at the students at school, that, that could change someone's life that they might not ever get someone that smiles at them. Um, and so that's just my encouragement that where you're at, you are performing for an audience of one. You, it, it's 
for God's glory. And I, we're called that people will see his glory on us. Right. And so like, how can we live our lives that way? How can we, how can we, I mean, I, when we're flying here, I was sitting in the airport and all of a sudden we're in the, we're in the gate that the flight was to Islamabad, Pakistan. And so we had all these Muslim guys sitting around us and my wife was asleep. So I was like, Oh, we can't really move. And I was like, Oh, God put us here for a reason. And so I just started praying for them. Like I didn't go up to them and pray for them, but I was like, you know what? Some of these guys have probably never had anyone pray over them. Mm. And this might be why God put me here. Um, and so I, I just encourage everyone to seek out those opportunities. You never know who just needs a smile, who just needs, I mean, Jesus says, right? The homeless man, that was me. The person that needed food, that was me. Mm. So are we, are we just giving even a smile to those pers- people? Um, and so, yeah, I just encourage that. So that would be my encouragement. Wow. wow. That's so good, Nathan. That's such a good word. Um, and such a good challenge to us is to, you know, God speaking to us. He has something special for each and every one of us. And it may not be being a full-time missionary in Africa, but you can be a full-time missionary wherever you are. And yeah. that, that is such a great call. Um, for us to, to recognize and to see what that is. And, and who knows, you know, maybe we'll get a trip from our church coming out there to Tanzania to visit you guys and play some soccer, do a little coaching, and maybe you can show us a little bit of Tanzania and what that is. So we'll, we'll see what we can do. Karibu. That's welcome in Tanzanian. So. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Nathan. And we look forward to seeing what God has for you in the future. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was fun. And so, yeah. Yeah. Hope we'll, we'll, we'll talk soon grows and expands and yeah so thanks thanks nathan for joining the podcast today bjorn what were some of your thoughts of today's yeah no i I love talking to nathan and i'm a little biased towards soccer because that's my number one sport but you're not a chelsea fan i'm not necessarily a chelsea fan but i am a christian Pulisic fan oh okay so i ever since he got traded and sort of went to um i guess not traded because soccer but ever since he went to chelsea i've been following that team and hoping for success because christian he's our he's our he's our usa boy the american the future so yeah um but i I just loved hearing about the culture's perspective of Hmm. men and just how it's he said they have no responsibility no expectations until they're 30 years old Hmm. and how you know tons of the boys that come through the program don't even know their fathers Hmm. um and i just think that's you know that it hurts sort of for me to hear that but i love that the the focus of their ministry is on young boys absolutely on creating solid consistent responsible men in the household and, and and hopefully men that can put their identity and their hope and faith in christ and have that be that foundation totally. and hearing just some a couple stories about how you know they've got this young kid who wants responsibility wants a job and how you know for us that seems like oh yeah you know you get 16 you want a job to make some money maybe you'll mow some lawns walk some dogs do yeah, that kind of dog thing walker. that's awesome but like over there it's like that doesn't happen when you're 16 17 years old it's right so i, I love that and how 
they're creating leaders and coaches for their program and about how like even right now when we're filming this recording like they were able to step away go on furlough for two months right and their ministry continues to happen back in tanzania because they've built up coaches that can share the gospel can share Christ's love and can teach soccer and can coach and be a mentor for these kids that they can see men that are an example of different. So that was what I loved, um, from today, just talking with Nathan and I love vision casting. Like, I don't know what the future holds. If there's ways that our church watermark Wesleyan church here in Buffalo can partner with new vision soccer Academy in the future. But I'm open to seeing what God has for us in that partnership. Mm, And absolutely. So yeah, that that was all for me of my thoughts. What about, you know, what did you take away from today's conversation? Two words that came to mind, responsibility and respect Mm. Two R's. I think, like you said, they're raising young men and I love that they're developing. They want them to take respect. Mm. I think what's amazing is kind of like you were saying around 30 years old is kind of like the cultural, like, Hey, you're a man now you go do it. But they're like, no, like let's start taking respect now responsibility. And those things carry on forever. And I love that. So, and two, two quotes that really resonated with me. Number one, share the gospel and if need, or yeah, share the gospel and if needed use words. Mm. And I think that's just shows that love is an action. Yeah. Well, that was for me. And I'll say this before you get to your second quote. No, absolutely. Um, But for me, that another thing that stuck out was that practical love, like how they're sharing the gospel through how they act and seeing about how they have been attentive to God's will for them and listening through this COVID-19 pandemic and saying like, okay, God, maybe we can't do some of the things we normally do, but how can you use us still through this? Mm. And seeing about how God used them to provide food for families and about how doing that has helped launch their missions, Absolutely, helped launch their soccer academy and the culture is accepting them more and more so with open arms. And so like, I I love that. That's that practical love. Mm. And they're dealing with a culture that's 50% Muslim Mm. and 50% Christian. It's split. It's like, Hey, especially being a Muslim, they're going to be watch you even closer. Mm. So it's just powerful. So second quote, what was it? Yes. I think the second quote that they stole from FCA, but it is also their quote as well. Play for an audience of one. Mm. Such a great reminder. It is. Whether we're doing sports or whether we're doing this podcast, whatever you're doing, play for an audience of one. So that's so good. And I think if FCA, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you're okay that they stole that from you. I'm sure you're, you're totally fine. If some people (laughs) over in Tanzania, take some of the perspective and lessons that you teach and share that with others because it's, it's such a good lesson. And I know for me, that's something I try to live by. So mm. therefore I have stolen that from FCA as well. <laughs> such a great conversation. Thank you, Nathan. Next week, you're going to want pen and paper because we're interviewing Rich Griffith, who is a former Jacksonville Jaguar, and he's a pastor and he's equipping missionaries in Germany. Here's an excerpt. Because when I had that same passion, this talks about even back what you were saying, Noah, about my passion and my excitement for, for the Lord. I had that passion in football, that passion to hit people, that passion to, to play a game and to get 100% effort. Well, God began to put that into my ministry, and you, you gave that 100%. Mm. Well, now I've seen that replaced also in being a vocational pastor, of meeting with people and, and sharing the love of Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Sweat Room Sports and Faith Podcast. We hope you enjoyed, and if you want to connect with us and see what God is doing through other of our ministries and never miss an episode, you can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Watermark Sports and on Twitter at Sweat Room Pod. 
just remember, until next time, get it, got it, and give it. Thanks for listening to The Sweat Room, a podcast of Watermark Wesley and Church. 